Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm here as your host, and uh, it's just my absolute pleasure to be uh, talking to you every day and delivering, hopefully, or what I hope is uh, some really uh, helpful and actionable tips and uh, advice on how to you know, increase emotional intelligence and, uh, and get more mindful about your life uh, in which to really be able to you know, apply this to your business and your work life in, in order to optimize that and, uh, and really succeed and excel in whatever it is that you're doing. So, um, so I'm here today with episode number 36. And what we're going to talk about today is the habit of gratitude. Now, as you probably know from listening to uh, most of these podcast episodes, uh, most of my work centers around mental habits, okay? Uh, the reason for this is that you know, virtually everything that we do in our lives is driven by habits one way or the other, okay? Now, uh, I've talked a lot about how the brain works, and, uh, and when your brain creates a habit, it makes that certain task automatic, and, and this is what the brain wants because it is so busy on what it's doing all the time. You know, it's processing just literally millions of, of points of data uh, and, and, you know, um, uh, sensory data, you know, all day long, and it's generating 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. So, uh, so anything that it can make uh, automatic, it really does, okay? And so, um, and this is why when things, you know, when we find ourselves coming under pressure in our lives, you know, we, we often find ourselves going back back to the the uh the way we've we've done things you know always done things before right so um and this is particularly evident when you're trying to sort of uh create a new habit or break an old habit so like you know like this is the, the this is why you know when you have a stressful event in, in your life you know you might fall off your new diet right or or how it's it's so hard to change a habit like smoking you know, especially around, you know, all these smoking cues in your life, like coffee or alcohol or other activities that you used to, you know, always associate with smoking before. So, you know, so this is like, this is why, you know, it's so helpful to form mental habits around those things that we try to, you know, try to do to improve our relationship to stressful uh, situations, you know, and and most notably emotional triggers, okay? Um, Because again, when these stressful situations and these emotional triggers happen, you know, we stop, you know, kind of necessarily thinking so much as we do just start to react on an automatic level. So if those automatic reactions are, you know, are things that are going to be in your favor, that are going to to serve you well, then it won't be disruptive. It'll just be, you know, just kind of, uh, at worst case, it'll just be like more of the same uh, rather than, you know, something that's going to set you back or, or throw you off your game. I hope that makes sense to you. So, uh, so today I want to talk again about another very helpful mental habit, which is the habit of gratitude. Okay. Uh, gratitude works extremely well on a number of, of levels and in, and in many of life circumstances. Okay. So I'm going to go through a few of them now with you. Um, so the first thing is sleeping. 
Okay, it is well documented and researched that practicing gratitude just before bed, okay, simply considering the things in your life that are worthy of gratitude, things that are going well in your life, uh, releases your mind and thoughts from the from the sort of objects of worry uh, and allows you to to achieve you know the conditions for sleep. Okay, um, you know, so again, this is this has been very well studied and very well uh, shown in. Much research. So um, the second way in which gratitude helps, uh, you know, can really help is is the uh, the negative mental states. Now you might remember um, uh, an episode uh, last week, I think it was, where I talked about the negative mental states of delusion, aversion, and grasping. Okay, <clears throat> and how all negative emotions you can possibly uh, feel will arise from one or more of these negative mental states. Okay, uh, by practicing Practicing gratitude, um, we help shift our minds to the opposing positive mental states of understanding, acceptance, and letting go, because again, you are dwelling in a place of positive thought, okay? Now, um, these mental states, and I'm not sure that this actually got into the last episode as I was preparing for this one. I think I might have left this out of the of the conversation of the mental states, but but it's really important to understand that, that these are what is called respect. Reciprocally inhibitive, okay, meaning you simply can't be in a negative mental state and a positive mental state at the same time. It's virtually, it's physically impossible for your brain to to be in both those places at the same time. So by considering all that is good in your life, okay, you prohibit your thoughts from entering into the thoughts of what is wrong in your life, okay? Now, this means that you know, without an event that either makes you happy or unhappy, you know, as a result of a given event, you know, your default position will tend to be in happiness, right? Which will place you in a position for optimism. Now, I mentioned in a different episode a few uh, a few episodes ago that optimism alone has been shown to, you know, in studies to make a huge difference in success at work. Okay? One study uh that I talked about um uh showed that insurance agents who were optimistic, just just optimistic about the outcome of their ability to sell insurance policies, right? They outsold their neutral or pessimistic counterparts by 8% in the first year and 31% in the second year, okay? Now, this is just the, the you know, just the act of becoming optimistic, okay? Uh, which again, it's, it's impossible to be optimistic if you're dwelling in the negative mental states, okay? It's just not going to happen for you. So, so by shifting into these positive mental states, then optimism can arise. And, and this can be a really, really helpful thing for you, you know, as shown by the studies. Um, and now this brings me to one of the most important areas where gratitude helps us, okay? Now, and this is a little bit involved in getting a little sciencey, so please pardon me here with this. Um, but, but essentially, when we're not involved with a task-oriented activity, okay, a, like in, in other words, when we're you know idle or or at least just not you know sort of like we don't have a goal or a task-oriented thing that's going on in our you know in our 
existence right at that moment. Um, when that happens, there's a particular neural network that, uh, that becomes active. And this network is called the default mode network. Okay. And now the default mode network, um, does a few things in our, to our, our mind and thought process that, uh, that can lead to, to a very slippery slope, uh, into depression, anxiety, and even addiction. Okay. So this is really, really kind of important to understand. I'm going to take a few minutes now to discuss this. Okay. Um, the first thing that the, the DMN, the default mode network will do, um, especially when the various neural networks of your brain are not integrated through the practices that I've described in this podcast, the practices being focus attention, open awareness, and kind intention. So when we're not integrating the various neural networks in with this default mode network, okay, uh, through those practices, it will make us believe that we aren't connected to the rest of the world, okay, which is, which is, you know, again, been shown through exhaustive studies to be just a false thing, right? So, um, so this, this default mode network, you know, makes us believe in, in what's called a false sense of separate self, okay, so, so that we feel isolated and we feel on our own. Now, again, this is not airy fairy woo woo hippy dippy stuff this is this is scientifically shown um by by doctors and and researchers and psychologists that that the truth of the matter is that we are very much connected to one another on a, on a sort of a neural level and again i've talked about the limbic resonance which which is again very easily and 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 prolifically studied uh in science which shows that we are in fact connected to one another we are not isolated and we are not, you know, this, you know, again, that there, there is this false sense of a separate self that, that in, in reality, ourselves are not isolated and are not separate. They are actually connected to one another. Okay. Now, again, that's a very deep subject, so I'm not going to dwell on that too much and take up all of our time. Um, but, but essentially, you know, when, when we become, uh, or when our default mode network kind of makes us believe in this false sense of separate self, then we encourage, you know, that, that big one of those three negative mental states, which is delusion. Okay. Um, and in this delusion, we start to feel hopeless and very pessimistic about our lives and our direction. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that this isolated default mode network, uh, will, will do is to cause us to dwell on the negative things in our lives. Okay. Researchers call this process self thing. Okay. And, uh, and this is where we will kind of go down that rabbit hole and think about, you know, our, our missed goals or our shortcomings or, or the lack of things in our lives that we always expected to have. Right. Um, this is all part of what's this default mode network. And it's, and it's something that is virtually or largely at least out of our control unless we, you know, again, do the practices that, that will sort of give us the power over it. Okay. Um, but now, you know, the thing about this is that, um, you know, this process, you're in this process, you know, a couple of really important and dangerous things happen. Okay. In this selfing process where, where we're thinking about all the things that are wrong in our lives, you know, now the first thing and probably, you know, 
possibly the most dangerous is um is depression and and anxiety okay um you know depression and anxiety you know obviously you know they're pretty self-evident right you know if you're thinking about all that is wrong in your life it it should come as no surprise (laughs) that you would become anxious and or depressed over them right but but now here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about um as a sort of byproduct of that is addiction okay um now this happens and, and again this default mode network, you know, acting in isolation in this selfing mode, um, can, can really, uh, you know, attribute to addiction in two different ways. Okay. Now, now again, I want to take a step back here and, and, and just, you know, sort of say as kind of a disclaimer that, that I am drastically simplifying all of this stuff that I'm talking to you about, okay? This is very complex stuff, and I am not a licensed psychologist, okay? So, so like, there, there is, like, I'm, I'm just showing you the very tip of the iceberg of, of some of these subjects that, that are very, very deep. But the thing is that they are extremely well-researched and, and well-founded in science. So, so I'm just kind of giving you the very broad strokes of this. And so if you're, if you're interested in, in more information on this, I encourage you to do some research and, and really delve into it. And if you're, you know, if you talk to a, a therapist or a psychologist in your life, you know, maybe bring it up with them and see, you know, see how this applies to the kind of stuff that's going on with you. Okay. But, but by no means do I want anybody out there taking this as like a, a psychological advice or an evaluation of any kind, right? I just want to like really be very, very clear about that. Okay. Um, so, so the, the first way in which addictions can, can happen, you know, we develop addictions to whatever it is that gets us out of this depression and anxiety cycle of the default mode network, okay? So so when we feel like we have nothing to do, right, like when we're not in a task-oriented activity, our subconscious brains will push us towards something that will prevent us from engaging in these damaging thoughts, okay? Now, this can be, you know, it can be substance abuse, right, like any mood-altering substance like alcohol or nicotine or even caffeine. Uh, It can also be overeating, you know, anytime where you feel like you're not, you know, kind of doing something specific, you know, you you automatically, your your brain will get you to start eating something just so that you have something going on and therefore you, you kind of go away from this default mode network. But one way in which a lot of people do, you know, an addiction that does come out of this is workaholism. Okay, and and this is a dangerous thing because a lot of people consider, you know, anything work related uh, is considered something that's positive, right? Because we're we're contributing to our careers and we're we're advancing ourselves, we're making money, you know, what have you. But but really make sure that you're examining, uh, you know, if you feel like you're in a workaholic kind of uh, uh, state, you know, really examine that because because it can be just as dangerous and just as harmful as an addiction to a, a chemical substance. All right. So, uh, that's just a little side note there. So, um, so, so, but the thing is like, if, if this doesn't happen, right, if, if we're not, you know, sort of, um, you know, addicted to something that gets us out of this, uh, you know, default mode network, right? The, you know, what also happens is that we stand the risk of being, becoming addicted to the very feelings that push us into these negative mental states, okay? Um, what happens then is that we become so accustomed to feeling, you know, these, these things that, that our subconscious brains wind up thinking that this is what we want somehow, right? Like, this is because, again, remember, your brain is simply 
looking to keep you alive, right? And so therefore, anything that is familiar to your brain, you know, your brain associates that with thinking like, okay, we've done this a million times before and we're still here living and, and, and doing everything that we're supposed to do. So therefore, this must be a good thing, okay? And this is the way in which your brain can actually work against you on a subconscious level, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you, okay? And so, so what happens then is that your brain can, um, can, you know, will actually give you a little a shot of dopamine and the, the happy chemicals of the brain to make us think that it's good and safe to be feeling this way, okay? Um, and this is, again, this is where it becomes a really kind of dangerous thing because, you know, because we're actually rewarding ourselves for, for behavior that is actually limiting us and, and, and really, you know, severely limiting us, okay? So, so this is, again, something, and again, it's a much deeper subject than I'm, I'm able to spend much time on today right here. Um, I'm going to give you information at the end of this podcast to get in touch with me. If you want to talk more deeply about this and I can give you what I know about it and, and we can sort of start a conversation on how this applies to your life and how it can, you know, be, uh, you know, alleviated in your life. Okay. Please do please do reach out. Okay. Um, and, and to this point, there's, there's an amazing book, uh, called altered traits by Daniel Goleman and Richie Davidson. And in there, they talk a lot about this, this default mode network and, and how addictions can arise from it. Uh, another person who does a lot of work on this is Dan Siegel, who's a doctor, a psychologist, a pediatrician, a family therapist. He's like, he's like a Renaissance man for brain science. And he's amazing. And he has a book that was published just last year called Aware. And I, I really strongly recommend that book as well. So Altered Traits, uh, I'm sorry, Altered Traits and Aware, um, the former by Daniel Goleman, Richie Davidson, and the latter by Dan Siegel, both amazing books that will give you a lot of in-depth information about the stuff that I'm talking about here. And that, that's, of course, only if you, if you don't want to, you know, talk, talk more in depth about it with me, which I'm, again, more than happy to do. But in that book, they also go into uh, into how these factors of the default mode network actually also you know involve themselves in our social media uh, activity. Now, now this is very in depth, so I'm, I'm going to let you read that for yourself, or, um, or or maybe I'll even do another episode just on this stuff soon. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make a note of myself and, and try to think about putting together a whole default mode network uh, episode because again, it's it's truly a very very deep subject and and it's something that's really you know it's, it's emerging science in which they're they're kind of just figuring this stuff out over the last few years which makes it exciting uh so so yeah so look out for that i think i'll do a, an episode on that very soon um but the but the important thing getting back to my original point of this post now <laughs> is that um you know practicing gratitude you know so much that it becomes a habit right an automatic default position of our thoughts you know will neutralize all these scary effects of the default mode network, right? Or will at least help us to neutralize these scary effects of the default mode network, okay? Um, and it's also worth noting here that, uh, that practicing uh, and, and developing the habit of loving kindness does a very similar thing for us, okay? And I've talked about that quite a bit here uh, in this podcast uh, in former episodes. And so, um, and so that's something also that, that really plays into what we're 
we're talking about here, okay? On the most, in the most basic sense, right, um, you know, the way this works is that thinking about others or, or thinking about what is right within ourselves doesn't leave us kind of the room or the time to worry about ourselves and what's wrong with us, okay? And so this is sort of like the very basic way in which this works uh, with our um, default mode network, okay? And so, so how do we do this, right? How do we form this habit of gratitude. Okay. Now, like with a lot of other things, there are both a formal and an informal way to practice gratitude. Pardon me. I just need to take a sip of water here. Um, so the informal uh, way to practice gratitude, okay, is, is very similar to, to the other um, uh, informal habit habit forming um, exercises that I've given you in, in loving kindness and setting of intentions. Okay. Um, so, you know, just like a- any of those and, and any other habit that you're trying to create. Okay. And we've talked about this in this, in previous episodes as well, is that you, you first must create a cue. Okay. A, a, a trigger for the habit. Okay. Um, now, this cue could be a reminder on your phone so that every time it goes off, you are prompted or cued <laughs> to simply express gratitude for, for, uh, for one thing, right? Or, or for as many things as you can think of, um, you know, or it could also be, you know, post-it notes, po- you know, put up several places in your, in your uh, house or your office or your car. Like a lot of people will put it, something, a reminder of this sort on their bathroom mirror because your bathroom is a place where you're always going to, you know, uh, visit, you know, you're always going to look in your bathroom mirror at least a couple of times a day, right? When you're in the beginning of your day, when you're brushing your teeth, combing your hair, and at the end of the day, before, when you're brushing your teeth and combing your hair before you go to bed, right? So, so that's a, an effective way so that every time you see that, that becomes your cue, and then you practice gratitude, then you get a reward from it, which is the reward of, of feeling that you're, you know, you're, you're getting into a positive mental state, okay? So, so that works well too, um, but but a lot of people actually find success in using a physical object. Okay, uh, one person that I've worked with, um, you know, used a um, used a small stone to do this. Okay, and it's it's really kind of it, it almost sounds like too silly to be true. But but this man that I I've worked with, he swears by it. Okay, and so what he does is he keeps a small stone in his pocket. Okay, you know, just along with his his change and his his money, whatever else he puts in his pocket every morning, he he puts a small specific stone that he found on a walk at one time. And he said, "Okay, this is my gratitude stone. It goes in his pocket every day. And this way, every time he puts his hand in his pocket, he touches this stone. And that is his cue to think of one thing for which he can be grateful for right now. Okay, Um, so. So, um, so, so this is, again, it's, it's all about creating a cue. Okay. Once you create a cue that, that happens, you know, regularly and, and several times a day, hopefully, you know, that's the first step towards creating a mental habit, which the rest becomes very easy. Okay. Once you do a cue, 
then, then you're going to be constantly reminded by that cue that this is what you're trying to do. And, and the next step is then just doing the thing. And then the reward again becomes this just sort of happy feeling that you're, that you're doing this thing that's going to help you in your life. Okay. And so if you can manage to do this, okay, set up the right cue. I'm telling you within a week or two, you're going to be well on your way to developing this as a mental habit, which you're, you're never going to be able to get rid of until you intentionally create a new habit around a different cue or around those same cues actually. But that's a, again, a different topic that I believe we've covered, uh, in this podcast. And if not, I'll do another uh, episode with that as well. Um, okay. So that's the informal way to, uh, to, to, to develop a habit around, uh, something like gratitude. Okay. The formal way to practice gratitude is, um, is to, to do a, uh, gratitude journal. Okay. Um, now <clears throat> doing a gratitude journal is just the, the act of spending a few minutes at the same time every day to write down, say five things that you're grateful for in your life. Okay. Now I'm going to go over this, uh, formal exercise in this week's practice Wednesday, which is only two days away. So I'm not going to go too, de- too in depth on that, but I did want to say one more thing about the, um, about the informal, uh, practice. And just like the other informal practices that I've given you, you know, I encourage you to be creative with this, okay, in in finding your cues, okay, because, you know, when you can engage your creative mind, okay, that is also engaging your emotional mind, okay, and and any time that you have an emotion associated, uh, you know, an elevated emotion associated with something you're trying to remember to do, it's a lot easier for you to remember, and that that has to do with the way that the brain creates memories, okay, and it's, you know, when there's an emotion involved, you know, what they say is that neurons that fire together, wire together. So when you can create an emotion along with a particular memory, those two things will become connected in your brain and, and will become a, a, just a stronger, uh, memory for you to, to sort of build on with this. Okay. And again, that's an aside thing. I'll get more into that in a separate episode, but, um, but if you, if you want help in, in finding creative ways in which to, to form these cues, which, which ultimately become these very, very helpful habits in your life, I encourage you to reach out to me, okay? Um, I say this at the end of every one of these episodes, and at some point I'm going to figure out how to record this as, a, as just a closing thing so I don't have to repeat it every time, but, uh, but I don't mind because it's really important um, that, that if you feel like you need help with this, please, please, please contact me, okay? Um, I am the kind of person who I just love to, to give value, okay? I just love to help people with this stuff. Okay. So, so when I say that I want to, you know, hear from you and see if I can help you, this is not some kind of guise of, of getting you to buy my program or, or hire me as your coach or, or anything like this. This is really just me just trying to make sure that I'm giving you the full value that, that I, that I intend to do every day. Okay. When I record these podcast episodes, you know, I put time into figuring out what I want to talk about, doing the whole research and, and putting together the present presentation. And then of course the half hour or so it takes to actually record it. And so doing all this work, you know, I would hate to think that, that just, you know, that, that I'm, I'm getting like to, to within 10 yards of the finish line and then dropping it where, you know, people are not able to actually implement this into their lives. Okay. Cause that is really what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to help people to implement these practices and these wonderful effects 
into their lives for the benefit of, of, you know, of enriching you. And, and, you know, and yes, we, we focus on the workplace and that's really important to me because, you know, as I've told you, I mean, I have a personal story in my past, which you can look up is one of the first episodes I recorded where, where, uh, someone who was very close to me at one point, you know, really, um, you know, he committed suicide because of, because of the, the lack of some of this emotional intelligence that I talk about. And so, and so I want to help people because I know that, that people are hurting out there. Not saying that any of you are in that position, but, but you never know who is, okay? You never know if somebody else in your office or, or, or a vendor or a client or whatever. And so, and, and the thing is that people don't usually talk about this stuff. So, so that's why I really want to, you know, extend everything I can to, to making sure that everybody knows that, that I can help you if you, you know, if you think like, like, oh, wow, Art, this stuff sounds great. I wish I could do this in my life. If that's any thought that's coming to you, I really encourage you to reach out and talk to me because it is something you can do in your life. And if you can't do it on your own, I will help you. Okay. And again, this is not a sales thing. It's not something where I expect to be compensated. I just want to help. Okay. So, so the two ways in which you can do that to get in touch with me are first an email. Okay. Straight up. It's art at artburnscoaching.com. Okay. Very simple. (laughs) Just shoot me an email, start a conversation that way. Okay. The second way to do it is to go to my website, artburnscoaching.com and right there on the front page of the website, you can click on a link that will get you right into my calendar program and you can pick a time and a day that works for you and, uh, and just schedule a call. Okay. It's a 30 minute call. Again, there is absolutely no money involved. There is no obligation involved. There is no expectation on any level of that sort of thing. It is simply there for us to be able to talk. Okay. And so I encourage you to do that. Uh, again, whether it's, you're having struggles with any of the stuff that I've been talking about, you're, you're trying to figure out how to implement it in your life, or if you have any questions about anything that I've said, okay, or, or even if it's something completely unrelated to anything I've covered yet, okay, anything is open, it's all fair game, okay, so, uh, so I really encourage you all to, to use one of those methods, reach out and get in touch with me, all right, um, I, I answer every single email, and I show up for every call that's booked on my calendar, all right, and that's a promise that I make to you, um, so aside from that, folks. I just wanted to tell you once again, uh, thank you for, for joining me here. Thank you for, for listening. Uh, I really appreciate the support and, uh, and, and share this with any of your friends. Okay. If, if you have people who friends or colleagues who you feel would benefit from any of this, please share it. Okay. I really, you know, the more people I can reach, the more value I'm putting out there in the world. And that's what I'm after doing. Okay. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, all right. So, Before I just ramble on any further with any of this stuff, I'm going to cut myself off. I'm going to tell you to have a wonderful day. And most of all, the most important thing I want you to hear from me is that I wish you well. All right, folks, have a great day. And I'll be back again tomorrow to talk talk about some more stuff. All right, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.